This is your other brother's podcast. exciting everybody yes isn't it ryan i'm so excited your level of excitement is what to what i like on a scale of next on a scale of zero to like barely keeping it together i'm pretty up there you're 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 a mess i'm barely i'm a mess i'm falling apart you're not even holding it together we have a special first timer our brother jacob what's up jacob hello guys jacob it's so great to have you here it's this is like a long time coming jacob do you realize that right it is an absolute honor. On a scale of z- zero to barely keeping it together, how much of an honor is it to be on the Yobcast today? It is a 7.5 on the honor okay. Richter scale. 7.5. Well, that's good. I feel like if it was too high, the Skype servers would crash. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Jacob, it's so good to have you here. This is a historic episode for so many reasons. We have Jacob on the show Ryan and I were standing. This is our first mm-hmm. standing podcast we've ever done. I feel so free. Like I feel like I'm actually healthy. It's going to be so energetic. <laughs> so energetic. And it's good because I've, I've been sitting down all day. And so this is good for me to be standing. And it all ties into what we're talking about today, which is body image and taking care of our bodies. Mm-hmm. So, so Ryan and I are standing. Jacob, what are you doing to practice good body image? I am sitting, which I am now full of regret. I feel like I should be standing too, or like uh, doing push-ups. I I literally see the calories clumping together on my screen as I stare at you. We were looking at the video feed through Skype, and you look so cozy, which is which is the positive side of what Tom just said. <laughs> Thank you, <Right>. Ryan. <laughs> calories clumping, cozy, comfortable, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, whatever have you. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, we're talking about body image today. This is going to be a good podcast. It's going to be very substantive. It might get awkward at times. So I'm really excited to talk about how each of us Mm. has had both healthy and not so healthy experiences with body image, with a lot of help, of course, from our yobbers who help every single episode. So should be a really great episode. But to get things rolling, we do this tradition with every new brother, every other brother who's been on the show. Ryan, we did this with you. We did this with with everybody. Mm -hmm. And Jacob, since you're new, we want to get to know you. For those that have never read the blog, they're not blog people. They don't read words. They don't know how to read for whatever the reason. They don't know who you are. So we're going to take this opportunity to get to know Jacob. Who is this Jacob that's on the show? So Jacob, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll do a a little Q&A, a little little lightning round, a little little hot seat. Absolutely. So I am a... Uh, late 20 Midwesterner, uh, uh, born, born and raised here. Um, I am a computer engineer by trade and a uh, musician slash host slash cook by passion. And I uh, 
let's see. I am the youngest of three siblings. I um, w- was raised on basically a small zoo with horses and cats and dogs and goats and chickens and and ducks and all those awesome things. And I love people. I love Yob. And I'm happy to be here. That was great. That was Excellent. great. How long have you been with Yob now, dear Jacob? Yes, that's an awesome question. I have been a Yob reader for two years now um, and a Yobber for about a year and a half. Um, almost, it'll be two years in January, I think. Cool. And to give everyone context, because you have to keep in mind, Jacob, I know you don't know this since you're new to the game, but for anyone listening to this in the year... 2047 and they have no concept for what you just said um so you're about halfway into our trajectory because yab is about to turn three years old and so you've been around for like a year and a half to two years of that Whoa, so only three only three. Oh my god it feels like longer doesn't it feels it? like a decade <laughs> see that's the thing about yab it ages but, you it yeah, really but in a good way but in a good way right right it ages you in a good way exactly that's how i would describe yab to all of my friends um well very cool yeah jacob your posts have been great and i'm excited to have you on this podcast hopefully hopefully it goes well on both ends and hopefully maybe you can come back sometime i'm already asking if you can come back and we don't even know if you're any good yet so we'll have to maybe try try out some things um my first question other than how long have you been with yob is um it's the obvious question in yob land it's what are your personality types who are you let's put you in a box let's box you up absolutely so i am in the Myers-Briggs world, if that's your flavor, I am an INFJ. And in the Enneagram, I am a two wing three sexually dominant variant with Whoa. Whoa, is there is there Oh my gosh, is there di- social secondary? Whoa. Is there a We've different had- way to say that? <laughs> <laughs> one to one. That's the that's the safer way to say that type. Yeah. You're a one to one type two that was extremely thorough no one has ever answered the question that way i try yeah cool is it is it time for my lightning challenge bonus question yeah please okay. let's let's throw that at him okay my first question is having you said you grew up on uh in a home with many many animals do you feel qualified today to take care of for example a duck <laughs> do i feel qualified to take care of a duck like could, could you yes. like go and have like, be, be, the, wing. be the caretaker for any of those animals now <laughs> you currently have a duck that you're trying to find a ho- find a home for ryan that you want me to bring I, into I, my bosom i plead the fifth <laughs> okay uh yes i am i feel quite qualified to take care of a very wide range of animals um as that was basically my childhood so okay interesting my next question is, when is the last time you baked a cheesecake? Uh, last cheesecake I baked was, it was about a month ago. So it was the last week of September. Um, I did a chocolate truffle cheesecake. Okay. And the reason I asked that question for our listeners is because I happen to know that Jacob bakes many, many cheesecakes. Mm. Yes. He baked me one. The first time I visited him, not the second time, curiously. A bit no, confused by that. It just but. takes you, the the first one is just to get you hooked. And then 
<laughs> I don't, you don't really need more because you're already like that's just to get you to come back. It's the gateway cheesecake. The gateway cheesecake. Right, right. And you came back and I had no cheesecake for you. <laughs> I have another question. Jacob, you said you were a musician. What kind of music do you play or instruments or whatever? So I love to sing. I would say that's probably my primary musical outlet. Been doing that for many, many years since I was about three. Um, I love singing. I do, I do play the piano, but I often don't say that because I only play chords and kind of feels like fake piano a little bit to where I can I can read music but I've not actually taken lessons and I can't play anything fancy um but I do play at church and I like that a lot um I did play the alto sax from sixth to eighth grade so I can do a mean um a hot cross buns on that sucker Mm. and Okay. What is your favorite Enneagram type and your least favorite Enneagram type? That's a good one. That's a good one to end on. No, I can't. That's, that's the worst. Okay. Well, cause I can answer right away that my least favorite is the two. The two is (laughs) a little too much sometimes. (laughs) Oh, and, and since I'm a nine, like eights are my kryptonite. They're like, I'm allergic to eights. Oh yeah. Allergic to eights. Yeah. I mean, eights can be, can be rough. You could say, sorry, sorry, Matthew. Um, (laughs) how about, how about this question? If you could be any other Enneagram type, which there one you would go. you be? That's more, that's more civil. Any other type. Yeah, I think there are. So I, I do find myself drawn to the, to the ones and the threes. Um, they seem to have a kind of self-discipline and uh, uh, groundedness that I feel like I lack at times. And so um, there are many of those that I wish that I was more like. I I almost said a type seven, because that's my brother who I love. But I don't really know if I want to be a seven. I just mm. thoroughly enjoy having sevens in my presence and doing things with them. Being a seven sounds exhausting, honestly. I, I do think that like probably everyone wants to be three, right? Like that's kind of the whole point of being a three. Everyone to be disciplined wants to be, and successful. Yeah, everyone yeah, wants absolutely. to be what threes are. Sevens are my answer, though, all, always. Mm. All day, every day, I want to be a seven. I want to be friends with sevens. I want to be a seven. I want to just constantly be swimming in sevens. That is my my dream. I think, yeah, I, I yeah. <laughs> I, I like sevens. I will just go back to threes, though. Like, I would want to be a three. I mm-hmm. want to be that driven and goal-oriented. I, hope- I want to be that good at achieving the goals I set mm-hmm. for myself. I hope that everyone listening right now knows what the heck we're talking about. Yeah, That's my you- fear right now is people have already tuned out. They've already hit the fast-forward 30-second button three or four times. They're like, oh, my gosh, they're still talking about Enneagram? If That's you don't know what the Enneagram is, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I guess you just have some research to do. Yeah. Research these numbers. Get back to us. Leave us a comment. Tell, tell us your type. You yeah, tell yeah. us your type. Tell us who you want to be and who you despise, and we'll create a dialogue. That'll be great. All right. Well, thanks for introducing yourself, Jacob. Um, This is really exciting, too. Like I said, a historic episode for so many reasons. We got Jacob. We're standing up. Um, We're also introducing a brand new segment on this here podcast, Um, and it's something to like gear the discussion, steer the discussion a little bit. We're gearing. We're steering. We're making magic happen. And this is called 
This is called the Brothers Beat. And this is where I know I see a lot of confusion and bewilderment, but this is where each of us, myself, Ryan, Jacob, we each are going to bring a quick discussion topic. We're going to talk about something, um, something that's been plaguing us for a while, something we need to get off our chest, something that we're, we're desperate for the other two people's opinions on. Um, it could be a news story. It could be something that happened to you or a friend or a coworker. Anything really is up for grabs in the Brothers Beat segment, which is subject to evolving and changing as anything is. But um, it's really exciting because we're going to talk about two of them on, on this episode. And then if you're a Yabalog subscriber, I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but you can listen to the third beat on on that episode coming up soon. So um, Jacob, as our guest, as our first timer, this is really exciting. I'm going to let you christen the Brothers Beat by bringing our first ever beat wow. to the Yabcast. So what beats this, are you bringing? This just jumped from a 7.5 honor to an 8 honor, being Whoa. able to introduce the first beat. So mine is a, this is a very serious issue that I need, I need help. Um, okay, we're here to help. Re- recently was shopping in Kroger, which is one of my favorite places in the world. And I was buying toilet paper. And obviously, there are lots of different options. There are probably six different manufacturers. So you have to choose amongst those. But I noticed that even in the same brand, you are presented with options. And for instance, the brand Charmin, which I'm hoping will hear this one day and send me a lot of free products. They offer a extra soft and an extra strong. And it made me wonder, does the average consumer actually logically think this through in which toilet paper they're going to purchase? Like, why is it that we are at a point in human development where you have to choose between, do I want my toilet paper to be soft or do I want it to be strong? And yeah. What is the rationale that goes into people's minds as they're making this yeah. choice? I wonder which Enneagram type goes for soft and which Enneagram type goes for strong. This could be a psychological experiment. I feel like when I was young... <clears throat> which you are no longer. Which I am no longer. When I was young and I was picturing the future, the the bright era of 2018... I did not predict having to choose between strong toilet paper and soft toilet paper. I thought surely by then the technology will have I w- caught up. They would be we would have both. Right. Hologram toilet paper that that was both soft and strong. Mm. I just want to know what thought goes into a person's mind who picks soft and is like, "Hey, you know what? It doesn't need to be that sh- that strong. I don't mind if it breaks while I'm using it." I'll bet you low key like it's a male versus female marketing thing. Mm. You don't think most men are going to go for the soft? No, I think most men are going to be like, oh, I want the extra strong toilet paper. Was it like color coded? Like was one dark blue and was one like red or green or (laughs) camo? (laughs) I actually do think they were different colors, but Uh that that would be. They were interesting. I'm, I'm also curious if like you were to get both. I wouldn't be shocked if they were actually the exact same product, but we just like to have uh, choices and that Mm -hmm. like makes it 
feel better when we're buying them. So here's the question that I'm sure all of our listeners are just screaming at their iPhones and and iPods and whatever you're listening uh, to this on. We got several on the elliptical. This is a yeah, body image yeah. podcast. Yeah, they're on yeah. the elliptical right now. The question that's screaming right now is which one did you choose, Jacob? Mm, that I is know. a I know great which one took question. I chose I chose extra strong, which oh. I feel like is going to be the did opposite you really? of what that was. Correct, totally because I am like I'm assuming that the even the hardness of a Charmin brand extra strong is going to be softer than the Equate Walmart brand, which feels like <laughs> tissue paper rubbed against your bottom. So I felt pretty confident in that. If I get a high enough quality toilet paper that it's going to be soft enough and it's more important to me that it's strong than it's soft. Thank you. Yeah, that's good logic. Yeah. And if it's if it's not soft enough, you can always just keep some sandpaper by your toilet and, you know, rough it up a little bit. Yeah. How'd you know? That's that's what I, did, <laughs> right? what I would do. Yeah. I grew up in a house. So like I always have to go. I would like hearing that explanation. I would probably have to go strong as well with the assumption that it's probably going to be softer than your your um, off brand toilet paper. Um, Cause I grew up in a culture, I'm sorry, I'm, this is totally painting a target on my mother. If she's listening, I'm so sorry, but I grew up in a one ply household where oh. everything hurt. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Tom. <laughs> it was so, it was painful. So painful. I'm glad I you're out of that situation. I commiserate with my siblings on this all the time that we escaped, we got out and we can buy our four ply now and be... And be okay now with the rest of our lives, yeah. But that's that's where I'm coming from. I'm coming, I'm bringing my hurts and my 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 history to this podcast. So so thanks for receiving me and my vulnerability. Mm. I appreciate it. Well, this is great because my beat, Jacob, actually kind of we're staying in the bathroom because that's just where all the action happens. So um, for me, this actually harkens back to our last Yabalog. Shout out to the Yabalog still more to come on that. Um, but this came up from a listener call. I got my, my gears going as I was thinking about what to bring as my first beat to, uh, to this podcast. And it was the topic of fuzzy toilet bowl lid covers. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. So standard 95% of toilets you ever see in public and in houses, it's just, you know, the cold pearl white, cold uninviting mm -hmm. really kind of disgusting that it, it's just there standoffish like, yeah it's standoffish it's like i don't know it's removed from all emotion mm -hmm. you know and so then i love that somebody and their great minds of this his, of our history decided to cover that with basically carpeting like it's now carpeting for the top of your toilet and i'm just curious because you, you know i think it has like an old lady connotation to it like you'd only see fuzzy mm -hmm. toilet bowl lid covers in an old person's home. Um, but I'm intrigued and I want to know where y'all are coming from with this whole concept of covering your toilet with with fuzzy carpeting. Um, what, what do you think about that? I think the only thing that would bother me about it is the, the whole cleaning situation. Like how do you <laughs> how do you take it off and put it in the washing machine? Like is that... 
Why are you wanting to clean the top of the toilet? Are you worried that it's just around? Oh, oh, you're talking about the lid, not the seat. The lid. <laughs> I've never sat on one. Have you ever sat on one? Never. Do they make that? <laughs> that's that's what I was picturing. Because <laughs> that would be, yeah, no, that would be a cleaning situation, yes. But no, I've actually wondered that too, though, because I, I wonder, though, just by being in such close, I mean, that is really close proximity to a lot of mm. yucky things. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if that is something you should clean or is able to be cleaned. Like, are you able to just remove it and throw it in the washer or what i don't know i've never had one they say you're supposed to keep your toothbrush six feet away from your toilet and i'm like look at you with the giant bathroom yeah that's too far i yeah no i don't one (laughs) yeah my bathroom does not have six feet no (laughs) yeah so my i i'm pretty sure that my grandparents at one point in time had the fuzzy toilet bowl lid and i'm not sure why that is like a older person thing if that got started in like the 70s or 60s or something i am curious how much of it actually like i wouldn't be concerned about washing it if it's just on the top of the lid but some of it does actually like wrap around the lid correct as it's holding on and those fibers do feel like they are susceptible to some spreadge if I can sprayage. use such. And if they get onto the fibers, then the sprayage is going to, like I'm picturing them as anthropomorphic droplets that are now climbing the fibers and now they're going to get onto the main thing. It's like a Pixar movie. Ugh. And they have to escape the underside of the toilet to get to the top side of the toilet. And that becomes problematic if I think of my anthropomorphic urine climbing yeah. onto my fuzzy toilet bowl. That introduces a whole host I, of problems. I wonder if... The people who who that's important to, like having an upholstered toilet, um, if like those people are much just more likely to sit on top of the lid, like because mm. I feel like people do that. I never do that, but I wonder if it's a generational thing. Like maybe like people my grandparents' age, like sometimes when you're getting ready, you sit on top of the toilet lid. I don't oh, know. so it's like a chair. It yeah, doubles it's, as a it's chair. like it takes the chill off of the top of your mm-hmm. toilet for right for, for your bum. Maybe yeah, maybe there is some other purpose that I hadn't considered, other than it just looks nicer. I will say more. my grandmother, one of her toilets has has like a padded seat. It's like a vinyl upholstered pad pretty much. And um, the only the only nice thing about it is that it's not chilly. Uh, when you sit down on it, it makes like a prolonged hissing sound. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, so that's the closest Very thing inviting. in my grandparents' experience in mm. their house. Yeah. So yes, that was the brother's beat or the brotherly beat or the yob beat or... I don't know. It'll it'll probably be called something like completely the, different. Ten the problematic word is beat, <laughs> not the others. <laughs> I like the beat. It had to start with a B. I don't know. It's like what's the beat? What's the pulse? You know what I mean? Ooh, brother's pulse. The brother's like pulse. It. I don't know. That's the whole concept of it is to get this show on the road. So now that the show is on the road, y'all. Um, I've been teasing this at Yabalog. We've now done three episodes of the Yabalog, and it gets better and better. It really does. I'm enjoying it. I record it from inside my wardrobe so i climb in i wave to mr tumnus through the portal and then i talk for 20 minutes and it's a great episode only for our patrons only for our yobbers who support us on patreon and it's a little bonus content 
there'll be plenty of stuff, I'm sure, that Ryan, Jacob, and I discussed today that will not make it into this episode that you're listening to now. It'll be on the Yabalog, which will contain bonus content. It will contain bloopers. We've already had some blooper-worthy moments so far in this episode. Um, but yeah, if you want to like listen to bonus content, like on our last Yabalog, Ryan talks about a Google search that he did as a youngster and it's hilarious and I can't spoil it because that would just ruin it. So you just have to listen to the Yabalog to know what Ryan Googled. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that <laughs> until now. <laughs> it was great. Oh. It was so great. So you can go to patreon.com slash your other bros for all the information to sign up to be a Yabber or a Yabi, even for a dollar a month is great. And we have a new method for listening to the Yabalog. So if you're on our Patreon feed, if you're not already aware, check our Patreon feed. It'll tell you how you can listen to the Yabalog much more easily now than the way it was before. So way more accessible, way easier to listen. And um, yeah, we'd love to have you on that journey. We do that after every regular Yabcast. We do a Yabcast, we do a Yabalog. The yin, the yang, the tomato, tomato, it's all part of the pie and it all goes together really well. It all, it's all part of the cheesecake, right, Jacob? Mm, preach. <laughs> we waste no part of the beast. Yeah, nothing is wasted. We mm-hmm. are all, yeah, it's all being used together, so... Um, so stay tuned for the next Yabalog in a few weeks after this episode comes out. And as always, I wanted to give a shout out to our iTunes supporters. We've had over 80 people rate and rate and review us on iTunes. And I just want to give a shout out to our latest reviewer. This is from Crardin, Crardin, C-R-R-Don, something like that. Um, the subject line reads connection. It was a five-star review. So thank you to Crardin. Um, he says, it's truly amazing how this deep inner sense of loneliness disappeared the more I listen to these podcasts. I feel such a sense of connection being able to explore these essential topics that are rarely talked about in the open. The emotional dependency episodes opened my eyes to how others have had similar experiences to me, and it's comforting to know you're not alone. Thank you to Tom and all the other Yabbers for giving me a sense of connection and taking away the sick feeling of loneliness which the evil one uses to warp our minds and influence our behavior. God bless you all, your hard work, and this podcast for helping me and could tless others, which I assume is a typo to mean countless others. But maybe not. Maybe it's could tless others. Thanks, Cardin. I love that. Yeah. Thanks so much. Um, Jacob, was that a similar feeling you had when you first discovered Yab? Yeah, I would say, yeah. um, It was uh, definitely that sense of camaraderie and unity um that made yab both attractive and unique so yeah i would i would echo that now here you are on episode 43 here i am maybe cardin's gonna join us on episode 73 you never know thanks to everyone who takes the time to rate and review it really does help us out um if you want to add your name and your words to the list you can go to itunes search your other brothers and rate us. You can also subscribe. That makes it easy to listen to any episode that we put out. Um, and then lastly, before we talk about body image, we have to introduce our sponsor for this episode on body image. Is it Cosmopolitan? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. No. So I have to set it up a little bit first because it requires, it requires, um, I mean, I was really grateful for when the sponsor approached us because um, it went a step further than what my previous hope for a sponsor could have been. Um, and that hope came from like the wise sage, uh, words and wisdom from the immortal Tyra Banks. 
And Tyra Banks, I remember an episode of her talk show. Don't ask why I know this, but I do. I just do. And um, there was a question that she put out to the audience. And the question was, what can you do to make yourself look more attractive? What is the surefire way to make yourself more attractive? And then she went to a commercial break because that's what Tyra does. She knows how to build mm. the drama. So I'm sitting there on the edge of my seat saying, how can I be more attractive? She's talking to me. She's looking through the screen to me, little teenage Tom, who wants to be more attractive or confident or what have you. And then, the, so I'm waiting and waiting the whole commercial break. And then we come back, we come back from the break. And all of a sudden it's confusing because we're not on the, it doesn't look like we're on the set of the Tyra Banks show anymore. It's dark, all the lights are out. And all of a sudden the camera points to a Tyra Banks holding a glow of light in her, in her palm as she approaches the camera and she says, the way, the surefire way to look more attractive, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, is candlelight. Ooh. And she held the candle up to her face and she was the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and I have taken that with me um, for years and years and years now. But we had a candle sponsor our last podcast and so mm -hmm. candles couldn't sponsor this episode because, you know, they have a budget. Can't... Yeah, they spent all their money. They spent all their money on the last one, which is, is fair. Um, but then I figured, like, what's the next best thing to candlelight to make yourself more attractive and that's complete darkness so <laughs> the thing so thank you to blindfolds for sponsoring this episode on body image blindfolds will make anybody anybody more attractive think about anybody right now put a blindfold on infinitely more attractive correct solving body image since since like 2000 BC, probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So thank you, Blindfolds, for sponsoring this episode. We couldn't do... We couldn't talk about something as serious as body image without you. So thank you, Blindfolds. <laughs> without not looking at all. Um, and thank you for Tyra Banks for all the good you do in this world as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... We're talking about <laughs> we're talking about body image today, which I think is a topic. Um, I'm just thinking about all the topics we've done. I think body image is one that is prone to a lot of triggers, and I think this is evidenced actually by the fact that I brought up this topic at our most recent Zoom room. We do a monthly Zoom room, which is a group video call with our with our yobbers, our supporters. Um, just a few days ago, had one in preparation for this podcast, told them that we were going to be doing a body image podcast. And literally the first sounds that I hear as soon as I announced that were, oh, no, 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 no. And it was this sense of, oh my gosh, that triggers a lot of pain and insecurity mm. and discomfort inside of me as he then proceeded to tell me his body um, image issues or some of them um, as everyone else in the call did as well. So it's a topic that, and honestly, for me too, like I think of a lot of things when I think of body image. And so that's kind of the first part of this conversation. I wanted to talk to you guys about what do you think or what do you feel just when you hear that phrase, body image, and particularly as men, we're all men here. When you think, of, when you think about male body image, what are, you, what are you thinking about? What are you feeling? So the first thing that comes to mind is that it is 
I think of it as a discontentment that's not usually based in reality. And so what I mean is that people of all uh, body types wrestle with uh, body image issues. So it doesn't really matter what your body actually looks like. Like people who are super fit and muscular that that you might look at and, and say like there is no way that they could wrestle with this and a lot of them do um and and so i think it's it is a topic that amongst men is not talked about enough and i think that is um that's sad to me because it isn't just an ssa issue it is very much something that um all if not at least most men wrestle with at different parts in their lives and something that I think that if we could be um, more honest about and more open about would help combat a lot of the shame that comes with it. And even like the men feel ashamed to even experience body image uh, struggles because they feel like that's not a masculine thing to have to even wrestle with. And so it's, it is looked uh down upon and thus just becomes um worse for people but jacob that doesn't fit my narrative that i'm the only one that struggles with something Mm. (laughs) so i don't know what to do with that i'm so sorry (laughs) yeah that's good to be reminded of i think the first thing i think of is like um bigger women who are struggling to feel good about themselves and i feel like it's part of like that that narrow vision of like what what kind of our culture expects body image to be about like you were saying jacob um like it's a it's a thing that women deal with and only like a certain subset of women and um and it plays out in like the feet the realm of like advertising in magazines and supermodels and that's kind of like what it's about, but, but you're right. It's a much bigger, broader topic and is relevant to very much like a lot of, a lot of different people, a lot of different kinds of people. Well, here's what some of our yobbers responded when I put this out to them in our secret Facebook group. Um, they gave me some of their words, phrases, and a little story or two about what they think of when they hear that phrase, male body image. Um, so some of the responses we got were magazine covers, six pack, Jim Rat, Keg, Dad Bod, Hunk. We had one story that says, I think of my best friend's family who would call me fat while we were growing up. And I think very quickly of a bunch of muscly guys from porn because for me, they're still the ideal body type, quote unquote ideal. Um, someone else said, usually negative thoughts. It seems most of the time when it's discussed, it's about negative body image or negative perceptions in the stories we tell ourselves about our bodies. We don't really have a lot of language as men to talk about healthy male body image. What do you guys think about that concept of body image? Maybe body image in general, just focused in a more negative light than a positive. Because that's my first connotation when I think of body image. It's more of a negative thing than a positive one. Yeah, like I have, I have a, I can easily picture in my head what, what a negative body image, uh, like someone who has a negative body image, like I know what kind of person that is. I know what they're thinking. I know what they're, Mm. what they see in the mirror. And that's a lot of my experience too. I think I do have a harder time imagining 
what it's like to have a positive body image, a healthy body image. Like I, I couldn't think of like somebody off the top of my head, like, Oh, that person has great positive body image. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's much harder to think of that person. I think that one of the reasons why that's hard is that I think when I think of like someone who has a positive body image, it's less about it being a healthy thing and more like they're really, really arrogant about their body or really like they're, they're narcissistic even to where I like, we might talk about this more later, but I almost feel like the healthiest kind of body image is kind of when you forget about it. Like when it, when it just doesn't enter your mind often. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I don't, I don't know if that, um, if that makes it harder to talk about positive uh, body image, because I feel like the people who, who I know who like do have that in a really healthy way, they get to the point where they kind of stop thinking about their bodies to a certain extent. Yeah. I, I wrote a blog post about body image and we'll put a link to that in the description. And one of the commenters I thought said something really, really helpful, which was uh, something along the lines of, I try to appreciate my body, not for what it looks like, but for what it can do. And that struck me as really, really this, a really key thing that I wish I, that came more naturally to me, like just appreciating my body for what it can do and not what it looks like. And sure, our bodies, all of our bodies can do different things and different amounts of things. And I don't want anyone who is, um, you know, who's not fully able to hear that and think their body is worth less. I think all of our bodies, regardless of our level of ability, are capable of incredible things um, just by just by maintaining homeostasis and fighting off bacteria and metabolizing food and all of this stuff is really incredible. Yeah. I like what you said, Jacob, about where it's something that you don't even necessarily think about. I think that's what translates for me when I think about what is, what is my thought of a healthy body image? What would that look like? Um, and whenever I look around at other people, it's not the arrogance necessarily that draws me to, to healthy body image, but it is more of like a confidence and just being, comfortable in your own skin, comfortable in your body and where maybe you work out all the time. Maybe you don't, maybe you, <laughs> maybe you could do it more, maybe you don't, but, um, there's just a confidence that transcends whatever you look like. Um, I think that's what my goal is whenever I'm trying to picture healthy body image and being, um, just healthier mentally more so than physically, actually, um, just being, having a healthy mental attitude about my body. It's just being confident in the way that I look and, and, you know, yeah, it's taking steps. We'll talk about stuff like exercise and diet, I'm sure, in this episode. But um, I think it just starts with that comfortable, comfortable comfortability of just this is, yeah, my body. It does amazing things, as Ryan just laid out, and, um, and just having a confidence in that. So I wanted to put this out there to you, you all in the room. And the question is, and I put it out to the Yabbers as well, have you struggled with body image? And furthermore... Do you see your sexuality as anything related to the way that you view your body or are they two totally unrelated, disconnected concepts? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So body image has been a 
big struggle for me probably since I was in early uh, grade school, I would say. And uh, even, even now it's something that I wrestle with a lot. And it happens to be when it, when it comes to my experience of same sex attraction, my wrestling with how I look and how I have perceived how other men look is probably like the one factor that I can point to that might have some kind of causation effect to my SSA. Not saying that it is the, the only thing, but I have pondered this quite a bit that I can think about being like those first um, early years of going through puberty and seeing how the other guys looked. And I was like, I haven't ever been super overweight, but I was definitely on the chunkier, squishier side of things. And I remember like seeing other, other peers and other men and, and really wishing that I looked like them and being almost, almost angry at myself because I didn't look like them. And I think it's possible that one of the ways that I dealt with that anger and that jealousy was to, um, without thinking about it, becoming attracted to, um, to what I wanted to look like as a way of kind of, uh, dealing with, with that angst and with, and with that anger. Um, so I definitely feel like, um, has a connection for me with my sexuality um and yeah has has been something that i've um that i've dealt with a lot and continue to even even now yeah that sounds a lot like my story actually um yeah ever since I remember being conscientious of my body or, or thinking about my body on that level, I felt overweight and, and never felt as physically capable or even physically attractive as most other guys. And, and I think that a lot, a big part of my attraction to men revolves around that envy, that wanting to look like that. And, um, and it almost feels like there's some way that if I can consume them, bring them, inter- internalize them in their bodies and bring them into, you know, into kind of the, the borders, the boundaries of what makes me, me, and then I'll be able to have that. I'll be able to become that. I think there are a lot of different uh, ways that homosexuality, homosexual attractions, feelings, can arise. There's lots of different etiologies of homosexual feelings. And so I'm not going to stand here and tell, tell you that that's, that's what, that's what causes all homosexual orientation causes all same sex attraction. But I think that that's kind of a big part of it for me. And it sounds like for, um, for a lot of men that I've talked to in the Yob community, it sounds like that's been, um, something that people would resonate with. Yeah. Well, as the resident Enneagram four in the room, I'm the only one legally with the authority to talk about envy because envy is my root passion or vice or 
what have you. There goes the four making himself special again. I'm so special, you guys. I'm so flawed. Um, Yeah, it's... (laughs) uh, Yeah, just listening to y'all talk about Envy, I'm going all the way back to... I can go as early back as probably fifth grade, sixth grade, um, and distinctly remember changing in the locker room and looking around at the other bodies around me and feeling like I was this skinny little white kid and didn't have any muscle mass and starting to get a lot of acne. I think when I trace a lot of my body image scars mm. and wounds, I can all go all the way back to middle school and the acne years when those started and, and just feeling so deficient and less than when I looked around the room, like the literal locker room, I could look around and just see everything that I wasn't, everything that I didn't have, everything that I wanted to have. And um, Eugene, one of our authors actually wrote about this, this whole concept about being a vampire and wanting to like, absorb almost like absorb the masculinity in the room for myself because I feel like I didn't have that and so so again whether it was causation correlation some combination of the two like I think there's there's some connection between my envy of other boys and other men um, to the way that my sexuality evolved over time and I see I see a connection for sure Um, but yeah I mean it goes all the way back to really yeah fifth grade sixth grade I can remember just feeling ashamed of my body avoiding eye contact with the mirrors like I would just kind of do quick glances to make sure like my hair wasn't messed up or something but I just remember avoiding my reflection at all costs because I just hated Mm. what I what I saw and I think it's interesting that like for a long time I just assumed that any man who struggled with body image would struggle with the I'm too fat kind of body image but Tom you're saying you struggle with that like I'm I'm too skinny I'm a Mm. beanpole I have no muscle on me Whereas like growing up, I would have loved to be that. Like I was like, oh man, if, yeah, even if I like, I was less concerned about looking muscular, more concerned about not looking fat. Mm -hmm. And like, even then I was like, oh, then I wouldn't be fat anymore. You know? Yeah. And also seeing that like, even, even the guys who were really skinny, who didn't have a whole lot of muscle mass seemed to still have like visible abs and that's all that, mm. that I wanted. So I didn't really care about being muscular. I just wanted to be not fat. And they could like run and not run out of breath, you know? <laughs> oh, sure. That. Yeah. There's a functionality to, to be yeah, skinny, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it's really, even in this room, there's a lot of diversity as far as the body image where we all came from in our childhoods to where we are today. And, um, <laughs> um, and yeah, just reading the responses from the Yabbers group. And we, we had people across the spectrum, people that thought they were too skinny, thought they were too fat. Um, we had a couple actually that said they thought they were too tall, people who were, feel like they're too tall for their age, which that's a problem I would love to have. I've always wanted to be tall. That would have been, I would have taken that in a heartbeat. But but anything that makes you stick out and um, that can look like anything. Hmm. So, so there is a lot of diversity in the room, literal and metaphorical, um, about all kinds of body image issues. Our very own Eugene, I've already mentioned him, but he commented on this topic, and I thought I'd share some of his story. Uh, But Eugene said, in high school, for some reason, I wasn't particularly concerned with how my body looked, but it wasn't until years of sickness ravaged my body that I suddenly became a lot more body conscious because I looked so horrible at the time. When I got better, I joined a gym and did personal training, which I'll be writing a blog about soon, during which I cleaned up my diet and made gym part of my routine. In the process, I lost 30 pounds and gained muscle. It was one of the best decisions I made for myself. 
He is low-key muscular. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah. He does. Eugene's, Eugene's got some muscle. Eugene's got some muscle on him. Yeah, absolutely. He's so, he's so gentle and, and he kind. Is. Don't let his gentleness you, yeah. dissuade you. Yeah, you wouldn't he could crush you like a bug. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our other yabbers says, I struggled with body image for the longest time in my teens, partly because I played tuba in the band, and the instrument was always so much bigger than I was in comparison. Side note, I got blown over by a stiff breeze one day at band camp. I was never really teased maliciously about my size, but was always told that I looked anorexic or like a starving child from a third world country. Also, most of my male friends were larger than I was, so I did feel left out. So yeah, there's big, small, weak and wiry, tall and towering. I mean, the whole point of this part of the discussion is just to let you know, whoever you are listening, whatever your particular insecurity is about your body, there's surely somebody else who has the same same one. And we all wish we could be each other. Like, I wish I could be bigger. Other people wish they could be smaller, taller. I could, wish I could be taller. I mean, you, you go around the room and we all wish we could be somebody else. And again, it all comes down to healthy body image. Like, if only we could learn to be comfortable in our skin, take care of our bodies, but to be comfortable to where we don't even think about it anymore. That's, I think that would be the goal. Um, so I'm sure we could spend an entire episode just talking about body shape and like how we wish we could be all these different shapes and stuff like that but body image covers a whole host of things we're going to try to cover as many of these segments as we can all these different areas of body image um something that came up in the comments it actually came up organically i didn't uh force this (laughs) topic to come up but it came up and it's the whole concept of penis size and that's a very legitimate part of body image some men have no trouble whatsoever, no issues whatsoever with comparing sizes or feeling insecure about their size. And then for others, that's a legitimate ongoing struggle that maybe they've had or experienced for years and years and years. Um, so yeah, I feel like, is this a first for the Yobcast that like we're talking about penises on the show? I feel like we must have talked about first that. First time I have. <laughs> first yeah. time, I can't recall talking about it from uh, from my perspective. So we're, we're breaking ground here today, y'all. Imagine that penises came up. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. I'm, I'm tracking with you. Um, so the concept of penis size. First, I want to go around the room and this is just a chance. This is a safe place, y'all. This is mm-hmm. a totally safe place. Have you ever felt insecure about your size? Because I'll be the first to stand. I mean, I'm already standing up, but I'll be the first to stand on my tippy toes and say that, yes, I have felt insecure yeah. about that. I would say yes, but it's it's a pretty minor issue when I think about like a uh, body image as a whole and all of the different areas that I uh, struggle with a lot more. I think just from like a a logical point of view, it hasn't really felt like a huge issue to me because no one sees it except for me, mm-hmm. and I have no I have no plans of anyone seeing it except for me, and and so in that sense I kind of like I don't think about it much because I um I don't find myself in context to to where it matters I guess yeah to be clear though it's like all three of us like we don't really have any kind of an outlet where it's being shown like I think it's a bigger deal for people who are athletes or like we had somebody um in our yabbers group I might just read that comment, actually, because he's like in theater. And so he's constantly in costumes and changing. And when there's when you're in a room, I guess, with other people and that there are 
comparisons happening, whether you see it or, or not. I guess, I guess that makes it a little more difficult for some people. Cause for me, yeah, I'm just not in a situation where anyone is ever seeing it. And so it's not something I think about a lot, but it's almost like I'm told by the culture that I need to think about it or care about it. And so when I start thinking about it, because everyone else says to think about it, then I start thinking, oh man, do I measure up? Am I to this or to that? And, and yeah, otherwise normal course of life, like I'm not thinking about that at all really. But have I gone through periods of my life where I wondered and where I checked Wikipedia and took a ruler? Absolutely. Yes, I have. So, yeah. Also, I have um, I've heard from people that um, it can be a thing that they're not just concerned about how big or how small that they are, but the actual uh, shape of their penises can make some people oh, yeah. feel um, feel like the like the odd person out because um, there is some variation there. I had no idea until fairly mm-hmm. recently, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> anyway, this is what one of our yarbers had to say um, about being in theater. And he responded. He was very, very um, sincere and very vulnerable. I appreciated his honesty. He said the only thing um, regarding body image, and then in parentheses he put, and this is embarrassing, is penis size. So the only thing that he struggled with about body image is penis size. Because of the amount of porn that I've watched and the fact that I have to change around a bunch of guys every day, I definitely compare a lot. And feel embarrassed. And I can honestly say I don't think that would be there if I hadn't watched porn. I don't think I would care at all. So that's interesting tying porn into it. Has y'all's experience with porn ever like infringed upon how you saw your penis or compared to other men or or not so much? Not so much for me, because I I don't know if I've talked I'm sure I talked about this in the pornography episode way back when, but Hardcore pornography never appealed to me. It was always mm-hmm. more of the softer core variety. So it's almost like the point before we see the penis, that's the part where I've, <laughs> I've latched onto. It hasn't really been so much the big reveal. After that, it's kind of kind of boring for me. Yeah, I mean, I'd say, like, again, it's not, like, the the porn that I've seen, I think, has has had a negative impact on my body image because what you're seeing isn't realistic at all, but it's been more of a holistic negative impact on my body image about, about the, you know, my muscles and, and the, you know, my body as a whole. Yeah. I would, I would echo that actually. And, and say that it hasn't for me, hasn't really had a connection to penis size or shape, but just more so that in, in order to be found a true, attracted attractive and to be wanted by someone you have to look a certain way and be mm-hmm. built a certain way maybe i can offer like on the flip side if you've ever looked at like renaissance paintings or like michelangelo's david um and noticed like in a lot of those like depictions of male beauty the penises are actually pretty tiny and I'm glad you bring that up. If you've I've ever, always thought that. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of small, right? And if you've ever wondered why, it's because back then, like that was the image of beauty, like mm, like petite. Uh, yeah, petite, compact. Uh-huh. A large, a large penis economical. was yeah, 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 economical. A large penis was was like gro- <laughs> that's a great band. By the way. <laughs> a large penis was like grotesque. Yeah, and yeah. Like I see that and monstrous and weird. So yeah, so maybe you can like counteract the bad 
a porn body image with yeah just go to david yeah yeah, yeah. look at some david look at some art attractive fellow. look at some art yeah 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 um i wanted to share this story because this is this will be the longest story that i share from uh from our yarbers group um i thought it was so interesting and unique and strange and embarrassing and just it is what it is but um he said my body image problems came as a teenager my mom sat me down for the birds and the bees talk which first off I never, I'm still waiting for my birds and the bees talk, but to be delivered by your mother, that's interesting. That's an interesting one. Tom's um, mom is time to call the Yabalog. <laughs> Here we go. Um, so anyway, this Yabber said, my mom sat me down for the birds and the bees talk. It was the usual stuff, although already weird enough as it was my mom talking about sex with me. Then for some reason, she thought that I, I needed to know that penises were like the ranks in the military. They went from buck private on up to five-star general. She also added that my dad did not fall within the highest rankings. From that point on, as you can imagine, I was not only conscious of the size of my junk, but it quickly morphed into how I viewed my entire body as compared to other men. It did Whoa. not help that I am tall and skinny, and for most of my life had no real muscle tone. It really did a number on me. Pornography only made it worse. Although I am within the quote-unquote scientific average, I will never be caught wearing a Speedo. Some wounds are harder to heal. That's a story, huh? Yikes. That's, that's harsh. Jeez. I'm thinking about all the levels of that. So starting with your mom talking to you about sex, then talking to you about penis sizes and how they vary. And correlating it with like the military quality <laughs> ranks in the military. And then telling your son about your father's size. That's kind of awkward and embarrassing. I can only imagine the number that that did. Yeah. I'm, I feel the I feel the secondhand uh, embarrassment on on that story there. Um, all that to say, yes, we have a lot of um, that's not unusual. Like Jacob, you said you're still waiting for your birds and the bees talk. I feel like I feel like <laughs> I feel like there's a commonality in this group that I've heard that story more often than I should. Or like, why were so many parents ashamed to talk mm -hmm. to their kids about sex or about penises or about this or about that? Why is that so? We need to bring a gen xer on and talk to them because mm -hmm. this is their generation not marshall not marshall's generation but oh, my parents are baby boomers oh yeah baby boomers yeah yeah it is marshall's generation yeah yeah absolutely we should dial in marshall and ask if his parents talked to him about sex i wonder if they did almost certainly not right based on what he said <laughs> <laughs> i don't know um so yes for those that are um that have a lot of shame just like in your upbringing about learning about the body, the human body, the male body, like definitely not alone on that front. So maybe y'all, maybe we'll do a penis episode. I feel like we're only just scratching the, <laughs> I was going to say scratching the foreskin, but that's probably out of taste, good taste. <laughs> but here we are moving on because I want to talk about like, what do we do now? Like we have all these issues with our size and with our body shape and envy of other boys and other men. Um, and so the question is then, how, how have we addressed our own body image struggles? Do we still wrestle with that today? Or what are some steps that we've taken maybe to combat those voices that say we're not enough or we could be more than what we are now? What have y'all, how have y'all confronted this issue? This is an issue that I've tried to attack from multiple angles, which I think is probably the best way to do it because it isn't just a 
a a physical thing. If you focus only on doing more exercise or eating better so that you physically look different, I don't think you're really going to get to the heart of what's actually it's not just a physical thing. There's there's a lot of uh, feelings and and past uh, woundings and emotions that um, are a part of it. So um, for me on the on the physical side, I have um, tried to be more consistent about working out, and I started doing yoga probably a year ago now, and that's that's been really helpful and just um, trying to eat well and just focus on being healthy in kind of those those areas and that 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 has helped i think on the on the on the heart side of things i think what began as sort of that male envy as i've gotten older has um i've really come into my uh two-ness in that i have this um this um, core desire to be loved and this horrible fear of being abandoned and um, being left alone and how that has connected to how I look is that I've, I've kind of had this sense of if I'm not attractive and if I don't look a certain way or if I'm not found to be beautiful and desirable, then people won't uh, stay with me that I'll, I'll be abandoned if, if I'm Mm -hmm. not, uh, absolutely captivating. And so a lot of that has, has, has to be fought. I think, um, I think as I, um, as I mature in my, in my faith and I walk closer and closer to Jesus, I like that, like there's a, there's, there's a kind of security and confidence there of being chosen and and loved that is that is huge so that's like that's where i i build things upon but but also like just be having that re that reassurance by people who 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 love me that how i look doesn't matter to them and that it's not like that's um that's not what keeps people. And there's a, um, there's a kind of, uh, confidence that comes from, from friendships and relationships that, you know, are not built upon how you look. And so there is, there's a kind of peace and a kind of resting that can, um, come from those connections that, um, that I know without a doubt that I could be any shape or size and I would be loved by these people. Yeah. I feel all of that very strongly. Um, you know, when someone tells me, especially, you know, especially a man about my age tells me, yeah, I would, I like, if they were to tell me I love you no matter what you look like. I think there's part of me that has such a hard time believing that. And like for the amount that I've thought about this topic, the amount that I've wrestled with it, the amount that I've worked on trying to 
grow in this area. Like I really often feel like I'm just back at square one again. So I can't really stand here and say much about where I feel like, where I feel like I've improved or gotten a lot better. Cause I don't, I don't necessarily feel like I have, but so much of what you said rings very true for me as well. Hmm. Yeah. For me, um, I feel like I'm only just now starting to scratch the surface on what a healthy body image is particularly a healthy masculine body image even means and what it looks like because for years and years and years I was the weak wiry kid and you know all the kids in my class all the boys in my class played football and had access to the weight room and I never did and so while they got stronger and stronger and more masculine outwardly I felt more and more disconnected and and like I was falling behind like they were climbing this ladder and I'm still at the bottom because I'm not able to work out or I'm not able to to achieve physically what they're achieving And so I will say that, yeah, over the years of joining gyms and running half marathons and taking care of my body and literally the first thing I do when I wake up every morning is I hit the floor and I do 60 push-ups and like that's how I start my days. And and so to some extent, I can look in the mirror and I see, you know, I see muscles that weren't there before and I can feel, I can feel manly in a very like surfacey way. Like I can look in the mirror and actually take a little breath of relief to, to see what I see now versus what used to be there 20 years ago that I didn't feel like was there and, and see progress on some level. And yet, like I just got back from a men's retreat a couple weeks ago and I'm in the presence of all, all these different types of men of, of all sexualities and all ages and all marital statuses. And, and I can't help the whole time, even though, even though I can look in the mirror and I can look down at my body and I can feel so much prouder of, of what I see today than than in decades past, I still have this inherent feeling that I'm not as much of a man. And that's my, my core struggle, you know, far beyond sexuality. It's the sense that I'm not masculine enough. And there's something, I can do all the workouts I want on the outside and improve my body on the outside, but there's something inside that still feels a huge disconnect with, with other men. And, um, and having a healthy body image definitely transcends whatever is on the outside. Like I think the outside is a great place to start. Eating well is great. Exercise is great, obviously. But um, until you start to really talk about and journal about, and I'm talking about this in counseling as well, um, yeah, I think there there are deeper deeper issues to consider when it comes to to a healthy body image. Here's a question. I'm curious what you guys say to this. Is it helpful or do you find it helpful when people tell you, oh, you're attractive, you're good looking, like you Hmm. like kind of kind of try to affirm your body in that way? Yeah, I think my first reaction is. I think, yeah, I mean, I feel a lot of reactions like because I've had that directed toward me multiple times and I think there's a depending on the person too, like it probably depends on who tells me that, but if Mm -hmm. someone tells me that I'm attractive or that I look like a man, um, I think there's an initial, there can be an initial graciousness, gratefulness too. I've heard that, but I think there's also more, I think the more that those words linger on my ears and kind of make their way to my heart, it kind of starts to sink in like, but like, no, I'm not like, I, Mm -hmm. I feel I might look that way, kind of like I was just saying, like I might look that way outwardly, but, but if only you could see like the depths of how I don't measure up at all to that, how I feel completely unattractive and undesirable and not as much of a man as who my opinion would be like the ideal man or, or the one worth aspiring toward. 
Yeah, I would say it's kind of a mixed bag of things. I think that there is some real reassurance. Like it, it does feel good to have those kind of comments, but at the same time that it, it almost for me reinforces the idea of like, mm -hmm. I need mm -hmm. to maintain this if I'm going mm -hmm. to keep you like you are this, that's something that that if it's, this is a, a person who's really important to me who I want to be in my life, then hearing that in, in a way almost says to me that like, this is something that you see and you recognize and you notice. And so I must, I must continue. Like I must keep, keep seeking to become or to maintain a, a certain level of whatever in order to keep you. Yeah. Like what if a freaky Friday situation happened and you body swapped with somebody who wasn't as attractive or was hideous looking like would you still be that same would you still have a desirability in you that mm -hmm. you didn't have or that you had previously how have you responded ryan in those situations yeah i i feel like on one level it's gratifying like mm -hmm. who doesn't want to hear that but on another level it, it's kind of complicated um like you said, Jacob, it kind of reinforces the idea that this is something people are paying attention to. This is something that people are noticing. And a lot of the time when I hear that, I'm like, oh, well, I feel like I've gained weight recently. Uh, so I guess I guess this is a free pass. I just can't get any, gain any more weight, you know, uh -huh. um, like lest less that change, less this affirmation approval change. But I think that some people, when I talk about body image and struggling with it, they kind of they kind of want to go to that affirming place, which I really appreciate. But um, but it's it's more complicated than just like I haven't been told that my body is attractive enough, you know? Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm I have a question. And how much do you think because we know that men tend to be more visual in in terms of our like sexual desires and uh, drives, mm -hmm. does that, do we take that into account with, because we, we want other men to find us attractive, we can tend to be more focused on the physical outward appearance of how we look because that is, seems to be more important to men than it usually is to women of how much that, um, plays into it. Maybe. Yeah, I think there's some truth to that. I mean, I don't think with as with any generalization, I don't think you can just take it and run. But um, but I think there's some truth to that. There's kind of the stereotype of like the the um, the trim gay man with like completely cosmetic useless muscles because he doesn't train for strength. He trains <laughs> for just like aesthetics. Mm. Um, versus, I think a lot of men who struggle with body image and like. A lot of like straight men who struggle with body image, I would think the average there is going to be closer to worrying about um, worrying about like actual strength or competence, kind of. Mm. It would be interesting to have yeah the straight man's perspective on on mm -hmm. their own body image because like Jacob you mentioned at the start of the show like you know there are men of all sexualities and all types that struggle with this concept whether it's for weight or for muscles or 
just confidence. I mean, there's plenty of, yeah, plenty of straight men who, who struggle with the same things that we do. And so it would be interesting to compare a little bit, contrast and find some common ground on, on their experience as well. But that's also the kind of question where you're going to get a hundred same sex attractive men saying, ah, I'm more worried about strength and competence and everything. <laughs> right. And then a hundred straight men who are going to be like, Oh yeah, I totally worry about aesthetics. and how I look." There was, stuff. let me put this out to you guys. Cause this actually came up in our zoom room. Shout out to the zoomers who Yo. joined me in the room who zoomed with me. Um, this question came up and I thought it was a good question. I think it's valid. It's a little silly. It's a little, um, provocative perhaps, but, um, the whole concept of like, is it almost like damned if you do damned, if you don't like, we want to, if you're if we're focusing just on physicality and like working out or eating better, trimming your body, toning your body for healthier reasons, both physically and mentally, is there this concern? Does it ever enter y'all's minds that I'm becoming more like I am, I'm becoming more attractive and this might become an issue as far as dealing with temptation or like hookup culture or whatever your outlet for temptation is like, does that ever enter y'all's head at all? I've never worried about that. <laughs> All right. Ryan is, Ryan gets a pass. Ryan's clean. What about you, Jacob? Cause Jacob, you made the comment about like, well, both of y'all did. I mean, I guess I can echo that too. The whole con the whole concept of like needing to stay attractive, quote unquote, in a sense that you're not, that you're still desirable, just even in, in a platonic sense, you're just desirable. And right, so does yeah, that yeah. translate? Yeah. Does that translate sexually? I guess is the question. Yeah. I've, so I've actually had this, this thought about like, um, that there have been times that I like, even if I'm not pursuing a romantic relationship with other men, I still want to be found desirable because um it feels like it would be more painful if i wasn't having to say no to people because no one was asking like because no one was was interested and that is a really uh, uh prideful awful way to think about it but that those are thoughts that i that i've actually had like um of like at it would feel worse if I like didn't have to say no to people because no one actually wanted me. I do take a little bit, this is confession time with uh, Ryan. I do take a little bit of sadistic, sadistic joy in like knowing someone's attracted to me, but not being available. <laughs> so maybe there's, maybe there's something there. <laughs> oh, there's something there. All right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is that, do you find that, more so with men or or with women uh with with men women who i'm not friends with like a stranger woman who's like hitting on me in barnes and noble which has happened um <laughs> yeah but like a female friend i wouldn't i wouldn't feel that way i feel like with a, with a male friend i wouldn't really feel that way either i guess it's just strangers i don't feel statistic glee toward friends that's not what I'm confessing. That's good. <laughs> Strangers. A question and a confession that I would say that a question. Question. <laughs> Jeff Sessions. Get out of here. <laughs> um, I would say that possibly when it comes to body image, a thing that I wrestle with the most is actually 
less about like how big I am or where my muscles are, but just the fact that like my father and my brother, I am losing my hair. And oh, like, yeah. this is a good one. That's a good that one. That is something that I wish did not affect me the way that it does, but I think about it all the time. And I have found that like like <laughs> it's this is really not a um a very uh a deep reason to want to get married, but I've like I found myself wanting a spouse because i've seen the way that my sister-in-law so beautifully reassures my brother that even without hair that she still passionately loves him and i look at that and i say i want someone who will who will be with me when i'm bald (laughs) instead you get hats so that yeah (laughs) so now that's all we're invest invest in hats Yes. So that is, so my, it's not really like a question, question, but like uh, when you guys think about the world of hair in terms of how you look and all that kind of stuff, what comes to mind? I'm terrified of losing my hair because I don't think I can pull off the bald look at all. Yeah. I mean, Tom doesn't disagree. (laughs) (laughs) He he looked at my skull and said, yeah. (laughs) I, uh, no, I, I'm in this like weird space of like feeling emotional for you, Jacob, and yet also happy that I have hair and <laughs> that it's not receding and that, but then also feeling shallow for feeling that, but then also realizing I have other things, plenty of other things that I'm insecure about with my body. Um, and so it's like everybody has their thing, but I think balding, yeah, that's absolutely, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that is something that I'm certain multitudes of our listening audience can mm-hmm. empathize with um that it's just a fact of nature that a lot of men will lose their hair and some will go on those weird commercials where they like transplant the hair from god knows where to get to your head and <laughs> and uh, some will just wear hats the rest of their lives and that's that's how it goes sometimes but you're still jacob you are still lovely even if Every follicle fell out right this second. Thank you, Tom. I think what's like what I what I also have to keep in mind. I think this is this is true of all uh, body image issues is that we are so much harsher on ourselves than we are mm-hmm. on other people. Mm-hmm. And I know plenty plenty of people who don't have hair at all who I still think are really attractive but like even more so like for instance two of um two men who i respect with incredible fervor are tim keller and john piper both of which barely any hair and i think they're amazing and that doesn't like affect the way that i see them or think about them as men and so why in the world am i so concerned about me when i that's not how i feel about other people who i see who are balding is this the part of the show where we rate the attractiveness of theologians and pastors yeah i was gonna say but they're still hot so (laughs) 
I'm glad that Jacob, you're on this show to bring the attractiveness of John Piper to the table. We have that's something that's been lacking for 43 episodes. I think that you guys might have confused what I was saying, which is understandable. I meant to say that there are men who I find attractive who are who are. I heard you loud and clear. Dot dot dot. Long break. Long pause. (laughs) And then those who I respect and admire and look up to who Uh are also bald. So I'll just stop. I conflated the two and that's exactly what I intended. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. So I guess putting a bow on this, how would y'all, where would y'all place your current body image? (laughs) That's the end of the sentence. I don't know where I'm trying to phrase it. Like how, what do you essentially, what do you sense about your body image currently? Like, is it fair? Is it average? Is it better than it's ever been? Is it poor? I feel like my body image is very much tied up in my tied together with my physical health and how I'm exercising and eating. And that is very much tied up in like my discipline of just everyday things, like being able to make it to the gym, being able to do meal prep and also very much tied into my relationship with food. I think I, have kind of a dicey relationship with food and that's a whole different rabbit trail probably. But, um, but yeah, it just feels so complicated and tied up in so many different things and kind of like, how am I going to sort through all of this is kind of where I'm at right now. So on a scale of one to six pack abs, Oh, I six thought you were being gonna... healthiest, of course, one being least healthiest. What, what is your body image health? as of this moment? Uh, Three-ish. I don't know. I thought you were going to say on a scale of one to barely keeping it together. (laughs) I know know where I am there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you'd say somewhere in the middle. Like, it's been better, it's been worse. Sure, yeah. yeah. What about you, Jacob? Yeah, I would... I'd say I'm probably somewhere in the middle, too. Um, I think that when it comes to just, like, actually physically how I look, um, I'm in just like overall health, I'm definitely heading in the right direction. And like, I'm, I'm seeing progress, which is encouraging. But I think when it comes actually uh, dealing with this as a heart issue for me, it's so um, affected by just like, how much am I thinking about myself and focusing on myself in general? Because when I am, like when I'm wholeheartedly uh, loving and serving other people well and being more a- outwardly f- uh, focused, I don't think about how I look and it's a wonderful thing. And um, there is like a, so much of my, uh, my, my body image issues are tied to my own selfishness and uh, vanity of um, as, a, as opposed to um, how can I love others uh, better? My focus is how can I get others to love me and uh, stay with me and want me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fine line. Although as an Enneagram too, you are healthy when you are 
not focusing on everyone else so much because that, that's what you do and you do it well. But if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not becoming more like an amazing four, then you're not growing yeah. and you're not able to give to others as you do so well. So you do have to find that line of taking care of yourself, but taking care of yourself for the right reasons. Yes, absolutely. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. And I think like, I think the, the best kind of taking care of yourself is having those habits so so well built into your everyday that then you stop thinking about them. They're just, they're just there. Yeah. For me, I'm probably somewhere in the middle as well. Um, I could see myself, I could see giving myself three abs. I could see myself giving myself four abs. Um, so, <laughs> The legendary three pack. <laughs> I would give myself, I might give myself a four pack right now, actually. Um, it's weird. Yeah. It's, it's such a hard thing to quantify because on the one hand, physically, I'm the proudest I've ever been of my body, which is saying a lot with all the, the valleys that I've been through with acne and literal scarring from that. And, and just like, yeah, feeling any kind of adequate in a weight room or in a locker room setting or in a gym or um, or yeah, something as simple as like, I still wrestle with, I've written a blog post about being shirtless in public. That's still an anxiety every single time that I take my shirt off at a pool or, or anywhere that necessitates it. Like that's always in the back of my mind. I don't know if that thought is ever going to go away. That deep seated fear that I don't measure up regardless of what I look like. Like I could, I could have a four pack or a six pack and I, I still inherently feel like I'm not what everyone else is seeing maybe. Um, and so I still have this, this echo and this shadow inside of me where I'm hoping with time that it, it lessens. And I think it has absolutely lessened over time. Um, but there, there's still work to be done and there's still a journey to be, to be undertaken. And I think talking about it more often as men, I think that is a great place to start. I think if we can talk about our bodies and the way we feel about them and, and talk about our own, shortcomings or our journeys or our reasons for why we think we don't measure up. I think it's been really impactful when someone can look me in the eye and tell me that I am a man, even though I don't feel like one or that I feel so far away from whatever my measure of manhood is to, to have another man look me in the eye and tell me that, that I have what it takes to be a man. Like that's, that carries a lot of weight because I can listen to my own voices all day long. But when I hear someone else affirm what's inside of me and, and, uh, and hold on to that at least for for one moment for one day i think that uh that has been huge in my journey many years ago i did not have a good body image to say the least it was quite poor actually my face riddled with acne and I hated my reflection. I showered in the dark because I didn't want to see my face in the mirror going to and from the shower. I hated changing in locker rooms, taking off my clothes in front of all the other boys who could take off their clothes with a confidence that I only dreamed of having someday. My one semester of weight training, I was self-conscious every single time was laughed at actually for doing a particular workout the wrong way, not knowing how to coordinate my body the way that all the other boys inherently knew how to do. 
and essentially for years upon years ingrained with this mantra that I am not like all the others. I am not a man like all the others. Throw in a more timid personality, a quiet demeanor, and I felt like I was an unwelcome personality in an even more unwelcome body in this masculine world that I inhabited. As a young child in a Christian school, I was made to memorize the 139th Psalm. It's a psalm that's grown cliche over the years and yet simultaneously all the more impactful, cutting to the core of who I am, who I really am. Eugene Peterson's message translation reads as follows. God, investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. I'm an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back. I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. I look behind me and you're there. Then up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit, to be out of your sight? If I climb to the sky, you're there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute. You're already there, waiting. Then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I'm immersed in the light. It's a fact. Darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they're all the same to you. Oh yes, you shaped me first, inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I even lived one day. Your thoughts, how rare, how beautiful. God, I'll never comprehend them. I couldn't even begin to count them any more than I could count the sand of the sea. Oh, let me rise in the morning and live always with you. And so, my brothers, whether you are too big or too small, too wide or too tall, your voice not deep enough, your shoulders not broad enough, your personality, your essence, not manly enough. By simply existing, by simply breathing, you are carrying out a divine mission. You are beloved beyond comprehension, purposed with intention. Let us not believe the lies in what we see, but believe this truth, which may be harder to see, this truth of who we are, made in the image of God, his reflection with skin on. Let us show ourselves grace for our faults or shortcomings, especially those which we cannot control. And let us embrace our divinely instilled beauty 
beautiful beyond anything, anything ever made by the Almighty. Alrighty, boys. Well, I hope we're all leaving here with more abs than we started with, <laughs> metaphorically speaking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Ryan and I will because we've been standing and burning calories mm, this whole yeah. time. Mm-hmm. We've been stretching and crunches while Jacob was talking. It's mm-hmm. been it's been a real bro zone over here. Yeah, I did a deadlift. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, this is a great conversation. I. I love talking real with you guys. So thanks Mm -hmm. for sharing vulnerably. And Jacob, thanks for being on your first Yopcast. How was it? My pleasure. It was, it was pretty excellent. Yeah. Good. Not too awkward. Hopefully we, we kind of go there sometimes, but was that, that one segment that I hope gets edited out that was there. (laughs) We'll see the Yabalog will have something. I'm not sure yet. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, But yeah, that's our episode on body image. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about body image because we all have our body image stories. So if you want to comment your story about anything we discussed today about body image and diet and exercise or penis size, if you are so bold, um, you can leave us a comment at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Just find the episode 43 post on body image and tell us a story and we'd love to conversate with you and, uh, yeah, ultimately let you know you're not alone, that you are amongst friends who have experienced similar struggles and insecurities. And uh, let's have a good discussion. It's been really great. I don't know if y'all have noticed yet lately, but on the podcast page that we have on our recent posts, especially like we've been getting 30, 40, sometimes 50 plus comments on these podcast posts it's which used to not be the case like it used to be like i don't mm-hmm. know we'd only get like four or five or six comments. crickets yeah it was very crickety so it's a lot more active than it used to be so if y'all aren't on the blog side of the podcast i encourage mm-hmm. you to to check it out get and, in on this action yeah get in on it tell us the story it uh furthers the dialogue and um we feature a lot of those comments and stories on our yabalog on our bonus private podcast and so there's uh, opportunities to like continue the conversation over there we also have a phone number. I, I hope that y'all are aware and you know that you can call. You can call me anytime. This is my personal phone number, sort of. Not really. <laughs> but you can leave me a message and I will hear it. It's 706-389-8009. Um, we feature some listener calls on the Yabba Log and it's really cool to hear, to go beyond like the blog comments and the emails that we get, but to hear audible voices from people who listen to this show. So if you want to call and tell us a story about your body image experience, um, we might feature it on our next Yabalog. And special thank you, special shout out again to our very generous sponsor, Blindfolds. Yes. Gosh, when I just think of all the things you can do with a blindfold, all the various uses, it really <laughs> blows me away. You can, uh, you can do team building exercises. Mm. You can have surprise parties. You can heighten your other senses. You can um, you can improve your body image right. with a blindfold. Just never look at your body again. Yeah. Get a permanent blindfold. There you go. Yeah, and maybe as part of our ongoing partnership with blindfolds, uh, look for Yob blindfolds in our merchandise. Yes. Soon. That yes, coming soon to our online store. That would be amazing. Yeah. So many uses. I didn't even think about that, Ryan. Mm-hmm. All those uses. Most of all, to just block it out. Block it all out. Yeah. Listener, you need a blindfold. (laughs) 
And the great thing is you can continue enjoying our podcast while wearing one. It doesn't mm-hmm. impede your progress. It might actually enhance the experience. We should start a, a service that sends you a blindfold each month, like one of those mm. box product <laughs> services. <laughs> yeah, like all the different shades of Yab Blue. I uh-huh. think that would be a great place yeah. to start. Yeah. We'll, we'll, 50 we'll shades that. of blue blindfolds. <laughs> we might shoot. We might need to brand slightly differently. But uh, <laughs> I like where you're going, though. I like where your head's at. We'll keep the ideas spinning. Yes, thank you, Blindfolds. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, all of you guys, for listening to this episode of Your Other Brothers Podcast. Uh, I guess this is it. This is the part where we say goodbye. My name is Tom. And I'm Jacob. And I'm Ryan. And for all your other brothers, don't forget, you are not alone. Even the sparrow finds a home. Bye, everyone. See you next time, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Your Other Brothers Podcast. Navigate more with us at yourotherbrothers.com and comment on this episode at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Subscribe to our show to never miss an episode. And if you enjoy what we do, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at yourotherbros. If you'd like to further support our storytelling effort, consider becoming a Yabber. Yabbers pledge monthly and receive perks like calls with authors and other supporters, access to a secret Facebook group, and additional podcast content. Visit patreon.com slash yourotherbros for more information. Don't miss our monthly bonus podcast on Patreon, The Yabalog, featuring responses to previous podcasts, content not featured in public episodes, calls from listeners, and more. Ask us a question or tell us a story by leaving us a message at 706-389-8009. If you're new to the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at yourotherbrothers.com. You can also write us at Your Other Brothers, P.O. Box 843, Asheville, North Carolina, 28802. Until we journey next time, we're glad you're with us.